Hey, 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 welcome to the fourth season of Activate, a podcast consisting of purposeful conversations aimed at encouraging listeners to embrace both the beauty and chaos of life. Through laughter, tears, and brutally honest confessions, each episode will culminate with a call to action, offering tangible ways for listeners to not only strive for, but to become the best version of themselves. I'm Steph. And I'm KB. Steph is a certified holistic wellness and gut health specialist who has dedicated 10 years of her life to building multiple six-figure businesses online. And KB is a former network marketing hater turned top leader in her industry. She is a certified life coach helping women to get unstuck from the same chains that once held her back. Together, we have built a thriving business by helping incredible women just like you level up in their health and wealth, all while staying rooted in Christ. Thank you for being here. Let's do this. Hey, 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 ladies. Hello. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I was missing last time with Nikki, so I'm so excited to be here um, for week number three, um, stronghold number three, anger and bitterness. Yes. So thank you, Nikki, for um, being back again, um, just sharing the truth, just um, the fire in your soul, the Holy Spirit. Um it has just been absolutely amazing. We are so, so thankful to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited for this one. We were just chatting a little before we pushed record, and this is a huge one because so many people struggle with anger and bitterness. I mean, if it's not you, I bet you can think of a handful of people right off the top of your head who you know struggle through anger and bitterness. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's going to be huge. Um, and it was so cute because Nikki, you were like, hopefully this one doesn't exhaust you like that first one. Um, <laughs> no, so, I pictured you going to bed after this one. <laughs> yeah, I, put, I pre-put on my pajamas. I'm already in my pajamas. <laughs> Me too. Um, and it's just because it is, um, it's just so powerful. It's so healing. Like this work, this, um, I'm excited for you to again, share at the end of this, if you're just jumping on this week and you haven't heard the last couple of episodes, um, with Nikki, um, go back and definitely catch up on those. Um, but she's going to share at the end of this episode, how you can, you know, get this book, this workbook, how you can, you know, just really, really, really listen to this again, go through it maybe as a group, as she was saying. Um, but it is very powerful and sometimes powerful can leave you very tired. Like sometimes the best healing you can do is resting. Right. And especially like I've been in this season of rest, um, and not trying to, well, I was in fight or flight for like my entire life. And so like this rewiring of my nervous system. Um, so things like this do make people exhausted sometimes. And that's really the Lord just being like, okay, yes, rest, absorb this, you know, let it sink in, heal, um, take the time. Um, so let's hear it. All right, guys, before we get in the episode, I just want to talk to you about NUX Activewear. Work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with NUX Active. NUX Active is high-performance activewear that doesn't compromise on the sheet. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process, from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel Positive Planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. NUX Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery second skin. Power through Pilates, dare to reach your hit goals, and strive for that extra rep in Nux Active. Run, don't walk over to NuxActive.com. That's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways. As a gift to you, 
take 20% off your purchase with promo code ACTIVATE20 at checkout. That's ACTIVATE with a K, 20 at checkout. Make positive moves with Nux Active. Yeah, so I'm going to start this one out um, with just a little bit of footnotes, just because I feel like to enter in, it's just going to be helpful for people because this is such a stronghold for Christians. Um, so I'm going to start there if that's okay. And then we'll dive in and we'll do, um, we'll do the scriptures as well. Um, so first we're going to expose anger and bitterness for what it is. Um, bitterness deeply grieves the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer and gives Satan a huge foothold. The person exports his or her hurt, defilement, and discord within the family, church, and all key relationships. Satan's goal is to hurt or wound us deeply and then use our anger and our bitterness to drive a wedge of resentment and distrust between us and the true Father God. So we have to go into this, number one, knowing that our own bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. He is grieved when we are bitter. He is grieved when we are angry. Um, The other thing is we have to remember is everything you've ever experienced in your past that was a hurt. Um, Satan is probably using that if you have bitterness and anger right now, and it's rooted in your past hurts, whatever you experience and whatever happened to you. Okay. So he's using that against you. God wants to heal you. So that's just a little bit of exposure. Um, I'm going to read a little bit more out of this workbook before we really get started. And this is Terry. So Terry Baxter is, um, our friend's name who created this material 30 years ago. Um, He's an evangelist, a pastor. So this is not his primary um, focal focal point, but he wants people to get a hold of this and go teach it. So that's what we're doing today. And you could also get a hold of this and teach this to people. It's it's just life changing. So this is him speaking as I'm reading some of these things. Um, True stories of tearing down stronghold and bitterness. So these are just a couple paragraphs I want to share. Satan does not care how he gets people to the point of their bitterness. He will exploit hurts disappointments, and even misunderstandings. In the case of Cain, it's jealousy towards his brother who was offering, whose offering was accepted while his own was overlooked. In the case of Joseph's 10 brothers, it was the favoritism of their father coupled with his dreams. They hated him and plotted to kill him. Now, this is a story not from the Bible. This is a gal that actually took this course. In the case of Jody, It was being violated by her father, who came home for lunch every day and sold both her and her sister for sexual favors to work associates. She lay there crying out to God to stop the violation, but it continued. She hated him so bad she wanted to kill her father. After a few summers of being used, it gradually stopped. She stuffed it and went on with her life. She graduated from Bible college, got married, and started a family. But it emerged years later and resulted in a total mental breakdown. She was wonderfully set free and she worked through her bitterness and tore down the strongholds. Um, And he just says, I have worked with numerous people who were victims of incest, sexual misconduct, rape, or even rejection from someone they loved. Satan thrives on using sex as a weapon to deeply hurt, wound, and destroy people. He leaves them jealous, angry, and bitter. Many do not recover from the shame or abuse through standard counseling because it's secular and they've taken God out of it. Um, It's also common as we work through this session for people to initially defend their bitterness. They'll say things like, I've got the right to be bitter or 
don't you dare ask me to forgive my dad for what he did to me in Jody's case. Um, so those are just some insights before we get started. And then um, also he says the standard counseling approach of justifying people's bitterness because of the injustice perpetrated against them will never bring healing or personal restoration. It may sound logical to justify bitterness in the face of rape or other violations, but it merely fortifies the stronghold of bitterness and intensifies the torment. This approach will only feed hatred and relationship breakdowns. It's what makes divorce court so devastating. It fuels rebellion, jealousy, and the desire for revenge. It inflames racial tension and pushes violence to an explosive edge. Satan's playground is jealousy, anger, bitterness, and hatred. It's time to stop pouring gasoline on the fire. It's time to tear down the stronghold of bitterness and ask God for a baptism of his love and forgiveness. So just to open it up, that that's deep stuff. And that's where we're about to go. But we're about to go to scripture that actually shows us more about this. Um, not our opinions about it, but but the dangers of operating with these spirits. Um, and so we're going to go ahead and open it up. The first seven that we're going to go through today are going to be um, scriptures on anger and bitterness. And they're going to expose that um, from the Bible. So we'll go ahead and start with Genesis 4, 1 through 8 today. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. All right, so right out of the gates in Genesis, you have two brothers. One was jealous, which we already covered. And his anger, because of his jealousy, because his offering wasn't accepted like his brothers, literally was the root that led to murder. Hmm. So he murdered, not because he was a murderer, because he had jealousy and anger. So the root of anger and bitterness escalated in this case to actual murder. That's how deep those roots can affect us. Um, the next uh, scripture is going to be first Samuel uh, 1532. Then Samuel said, bring me a gag king of the Amalekites. A gag came to him in chains and he thought surely the bitterness of death is past. So he's just connecting bitterness directly to death again. So that's just pointing out that correlation and that parallel again. Bitterness, anger have the ability to lead to um, not just physical death, but spiritual death as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys have any insight on any of these two, feel free to pop in on them. Otherwise, we're just going to work through them as we go. But feel free to pop in. Um, 
The next verse is Proverbs 14.10. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. So this is literally saying we know when our hearts are bitter. Do you know how heavy bitterness feels? Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we carry that weight around, it's a spiritual Mm -hmm. weight that we have on our backs that we literally lug around this cargo of heaviness that we were supposed to lay down at the foot of the cross. But instead, we picked it up somewhere along the way from our past hurts, pains, and things that have happened to us. Or sometimes people are waiting for an apology that will Mm -hmm. never happen. (laughs) We pack that in our backpack too. And we carry that with us as well. And now we're more bitter and angry. And um, see, we have these expectations upon others that may or may not ever happen. And because of that, it's not only killing us physically and spiritually. um, We may never get that from that person. And that person nine times out of 10 could care less. Yeah. We feel bitter or angry. That's why they say forgiveness is not about the other person. And it's why you can forgive. One, you can forgive because God has forgiven us, right? He set that example. But it's not about like releasing that person. It's about releasing yourself from the chains that are, you know, that you're being held back by unforgiveness. I mean, it, it literally keeps you stuck. We were talking about how all of these things that we're talking about are, it's, this is what activate is supposed to be. This is like the epitome of getting unstuck. This is activating your life, right? Doing this work. Yeah. And I know I've shared before, but I mean, it took me so many times of failing even in therapy, right? Of like trying to get better and to grow and to heal and all of these things. And ultimately, until you have God, it's impossible. Um, But, you know, until you realize all of those things, like I used to go to therapy and be like, oh, well, this, this, and this, and this happened. And, you know, da, 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 da. And why am I the one sitting here? Why am I in therapy? This person needs to be in therapy. This is what they did to me, you know, and and it is, it's such a heavy chain. And to just be free of all of that. Man, I know. And see, we already talked about deception in the first episode of the stronghold. So see, that's deception in itself. See how everything goes back to deception. Yeah. We bought the lie that we could carry bitterness. We could be angry. We could be unforgiving because we are justified by what happened to us. And yeah. the truth is, is we can't control anything that happens to us in this world, but yeah. we have control of our, of the way that we address it and what yeah. we choose to pick up and what we choose not to pick up. So the own heart knows it. And guess what else that does? People can sense and see and feel our bitterness. So how oftentimes have you ever been around somebody that is bitter and angry? They spew it out of their mouth. They speak words of death. It gets on you. It physically gets on you. It's heavy. So what happens is, is because we are so full of that, that's what comes out. And that's what gets on other people. And then we say, we know Jesus. And that's not a reflection of who Jesus is or what he calls us to do. So now, not even only that, but we're portraying a false Jesus. And people say, I thought they knew Jesus, but they don't seem very free. I thought they knew Jesus, but they're carrying a lot of things that that doesn't look like Jesus. And so it's a false representation of the Lord. That's like the the hypocritical Christian, right? The the Pharisees. mm -hmm. I mean, 
that's the hypocritical um, areas that we're just deceived in. And if we can catch deception, if we can catch rebellion and we can catch this anger and bitterness, it's literally life changing Mm -hmm. for not only us, but those around us as well, um, because it can cause a stumbling block as well. So um, our own heart knows it. We can feel it. And not only that, but people around us can um, hear it, feel it and sense it as well. And it's a false representation of the Lord. Um, that's really good. A lot of people struggle with this, but the Lord is calling us up and out. So like, we don't have to live that way anymore. That's the whole point in going through this. You guys, is that once we learn the truth about this, now we know what we know. We don't know what we don't know. Right. But when we know it, we can then choose what we want to do with it. And it's just life changing. Um, the next scripture is Acts eight twenty three. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. So um, Simon, he was caught in a gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. So this is literally saying whoever bites on. So it's like, imagine somebody dangling a carrot in front of you, right? Like there's this temptation. Satan is literally dangling the carrot in front of you with bitterness and anger. And he wants you to bite onto it. And so what this scripture is saying is he was caught because he took the trap. He walked into the trap and now he's in bondage because of that. So that's what we do with our lives. Um, We bite onto that. And until we release it, we repent of it. We let it go. It has, it holds us captive Mm -hmm. and our thoughts, our mind, our souls, our spirits, and then we pour that out onto everyone else and represent mm-hmm. what we shouldn't be representing mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it creates a stumbling block for other Christians. And I have to, um, I have to just point this out to you guys. Um, you know, these are sins for Christians. These are not sins for unbelievers. Right. Because a sin is a sin is a sin. I mean, if that's how somebody wants to live and they're not a believer, that's not a sin for them because life right. is a sin, right? right? When you're not living under Christ, Like your whole life is a sin. So when you're a Christian, you're called up and out of this. So I'm Mm -hmm. speaking directly to the church. Those who have a relationship with the Lord, who are born again, this Mm -hmm. is a sin for us. Yeah. Speaking to everybody. Speaking Mm -hmm. to specific born again believers. Mm -hmm. So good. This is a sin for us. That's powerful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't say this is a sin for someone who lives in sin. You know, that's not a sin for them. So again, this is blatantly speaking to the church. Scripture is speaking to the church, not people who are not believers. This book is for us because we're the believers. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's speaking directly to, to us. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um. So anyway, there's that carrot dangling in front of us. Are we going to bite a hold of it? And bitterness and anger are are the temptations that we don't want to bite onto. Um, so the fifth scripture is 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11. If there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not aware of our schemes. So just going to throw this truth out there. You know, unforgiveness is the devil's playground. Hmm. Unforgiveness is one of Satan's primary schemes. And I would... I will, I would challenge you guys, um, who are listening, you know, if the Lord has already delivered you from this great, but if he hasn't, if there's anyone you can think of 
Um, not to keep a list of people that you're not going to forget. That's not the point of it. Um, write down a list of people or a person or two or three, whoever, write down and include yourself. If you have not forgiven yourself, write down Mm. that list. If God's on the list, write them down. Um, write down this list because you're going to need to know who that is so that we can repent of that once we're done with this and that we can release that. Uh, we're going to name every single one. You're going to name every single one as you come into agreement with the Lord, um, with our unforgiveness, our anger and our bitterness. So take note of that because we're going to release that heavy weight. We're going to release that weight today. Um, so that's the devil's playground. It's his primary scheme unforgiveness. Um, so now that you know where unforgiveness comes from, it doesn't come from the Lord. It comes from the devil himself. Uh, now you know who you're, um, partnering with in that area. Um, I like that. The idea of writing a list. I mean, I I just need to sit here and think of what that looks like. Cause I'm sure there's something, honestly, I'm sure it's (laughs) what you're, you've already written it down. I mean, uh, it's probably my husband, honestly, that's what just keeps coming into my mind. Like, even though he's so wonderful, I'm sure that I hold on to things and those things are what like creates my annoyance day after day. And it's like, man, that's just what's coming to me. And before when we were talking about the anger and bitterness, it's someone in my family, she's passed away, but she was so angry and bitter and it affected every like every generation of our family since her. And it was like, I mean, it had my mom in chains, like her whole life because from dealing with this person's anger. I mean, my grandma, like she just couldn't get past her anger and bitterness. And almost sometimes she loved us desperately, but also it almost seemed like she didn't want anyone else to be very happy because she was miserable, you know? Yeah. That's absolutely it. So generational curses. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that was the other thing I was thinking of. Uh, misery loves company. So the devil yes. wants other people. So again, those are those toxic, unclean spirits that are mm-hmm. operating within people. Um, those are generational curses that can only be broken if what? We repent. And repenting means we change our mind about our anger and mm-hmm. our bitterness and our unforgiveness. We mm-hmm. come into agreement with God and then we move forward from there. And you have to like this truth, especially Mm -hmm. if they're coddling their sin. And if they're stuck in this victim mentality, like you're saying, we cannot, we cannot control what happens to us here. And whether it seems unfair or we're getting the short end of the stick, or we had more trauma than, than other people that we know, like we don't get to control that. And we also aren't allowed to hang on to it. Like you have to, you have to let it go and you have to have forgiveness and you have to, you know, I don't know. I think that's this one thing that I remember, like as a baby Christian, which I still feel like I am, I was what people would say, well, if there's a God, why do bad things happen? And I'm just like, oh gosh, like it seemed like the hardest question (laughs) in the world. And now it's just like bad things happen. You know, there's no reason for sure. Sin came into the world. Bad things happen now. Um, But, but I mean, (laughs) God allows things to happen. And I just think like when you can zoom out just a little bit, you only have to zoom out just a little to start to be able to see why the things have been allowed to happen. Um, You know, there will always be things that make absolutely no sense. And we're never going to get those answers this side of eternity. One day we will. We can literally look God 
face to face and ask him these questions. But for now, we just have to, you know, have faith. That's what it all boils down to is just our faith and our belief in him and his plan being better than ours, his plan, his timing. You know, it, it is God. It is God who makes the the rules and it's God who allows he's sovereign over all of it. So, you know, the enemy can do these things, but God has to allow it. That's sometimes a hard thing to swallow. Like God, God allows the enemy to do these things sometimes. Look at Job, the whole book of Job. Like that's. And, and can I even throw this in? Um, sometimes physical disease and sickness actually comes from these roots because we have bitterness mm-hmm. and anger and actually you can manifest in the flesh a disease and sickness because you're I holding absolutely out. absolutely believe it's that. It's actually a curse when we don't let it go. We're cursing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like literally killing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Literally in the spirit and then now it's manifesting in the flesh. And that's how they say we're born with like nine generations of trauma because of holding on to all of that, right? Like it's it physically manifests and we can even pass it down through our genes to our family. Yeah. yeah. That's the generational curse. I remember when the Lord got a hold of me three and a half years ago, he said, Nikki, you're so messed up right now. This isn't about you, but right now it is. Cause I got to get you right with me. This is about all of the people I'm going to affect in and through you once I'm mm. through with you. Mm. Amen. And mm-hmm. so I took two years and I think you were talking about that in isolation and healing two years, you guys, I did 40 weeks of inner healing. I did four to six hours a day reading scripture two years. I got right with the Lord. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to get right with the Lord and get set free. And How were you? I, always, I always want to know. So when you, if I were to sit down and read four to six hours of scripture a day, I still wouldn't know what I was reading. So how did you, like, how did you start to gain understanding? Because like I said, I read the Bible cover to cover, like, but I didn't, until I was doing this Bible recap thing, honestly, mm-hmm. so much of it makes sense now. And I'm just so much more excited about the Bible because it makes sense to me and I'm connecting all these dots finally. And, um, but before and I don't know, and maybe I asked you this before, but did you start, did you read it cover to cover? Did you just open a page and see where the Lord took you? Like, how did you do that in the beginning? Yeah. So I jumped around the first few months and then this is my third time in three years reading it cover to cover. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it the first time because I was just reading it to read it. It's all about yeah. our posture. If we're mm-hmm. just reading the Bible just to read it and check it off our list, we're actually doing it out of our flesh. Yeah. As a check or as a homework assignment. Ah, that's ouch. That's what I did. (laughs) That's for sure what it was the first time. You're supposed to like pray, like Lord, spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, a heart that's postured. I think we talked about this in the freedom in Christ. Every time I pray, Lord, give me spiritual eyes, give me spiritual ears, give me revelation, give me discernment, give me knowledge, because he will give you the righteous things that we ask for. And every time, just the other day I was reading Deuteronomy one, I read it like four times and it was just like, I read it. And then it it was like, what did I just read? I've read the book before. And I said, Lord, I can't go to chapter three until I get chapter one. So I said, please give me. And I prayed and I wasn't praying. See, I was just getting like, I was just reading. I read it and he literally had a word, a revelation, a download that we are in Deuteronomy one right now. We are in the wilderness. Our culture is in the wilderness right now. We're blatantly rebelling against God. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the Lord finally says after 40 years, you're not getting your promised land anymore. I've given you 40 years. Yep. Now your time's up because you're not wholly following the Lord. And he only gave it to Caleb. Caleb was the only one following the Lord. Half of our problems today are our own disobedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Amen. Three quarters of them, actually. We are being disobedient to the Lord. That's why we have curses in our lives. That's just the facts. That's just the truth. And it just is what it is. I'm just thinking, I only give things to Caleb too. (laughs) (laughs) That's such symbolic. I was going to say quickly is like, Kristen, when you were saying that, you know, a lot of people you'll hear like, you know, I turned out just like my mother or, you know, everything I hated is what I became or, you know what I mean? Like it is like it's, and if it's, that's what's modeled and, you know, all of those things, like it's just easy to become that or to own that. Um, And as we said about anything, disease or the anxiety or whatever, like you can't own things like that, you know? So, you know, it's easy for people to say, well, it's just, it's just how I was raised or it's just, you know, it's just what I knew. It's just what I learned. You know, this is the whole point of this right now. Yeah, that was actually funny you said that because in our inner healing that I went through, like I said, that was about 40 week program I took and now I facilitate that as well. But that was a chapter we went through. They said, have you ever noticed people that say, I'm never going to be like my mom. I'm never going to be like my dad that turn out just like their mom and dad. Why? Because they've said it out loud out of their mouth for 30 years. I'm never going to be. And then they become because they're talking it with their mouth through their words. Yeah, girl, Mm -hmm. take it back. Take it back. <laughs> it's like, we got to stop saying that we're not going to, because literally it, it manifests because we're saying it. Mm-hmm. Proverbs yeah. eighteen twenty one says, we have the power to speak life and death from the tongue. Are we speaking life? Or are we speaking death yeah. over our lives? I'm, yeah. I mean, I got, I don't get attacked. I say this, I don't say this out of pride, you guys. And I shared this last weekend at a woman's event too. I said, I'm not saying this in a prideful way, but I rarely get attacked from the enemy. It's very, very rare. It might happen once every four months, maybe I I do not get attacked from the enemy. Why? Because I'm so full of God's truth because I seek it. I eat it. I ingest it. It's my number one priority that the enemy has no door to come in through. Mm -hmm. That's the full armor of God. That's Ephesians six. So shut the doors, repent and renounce and get your mind right with the Lord. Think the way that Christ thinks. And, and this is just one of those schemes. And so This is so exciting to talk about this, you guys, because literally this is what sets the captives free. Not the love and the grace gospel. That's great too. But the full on truth, the whole Bible. Yeah. Um, And I'm just excited to to know who's going to get set set free through this. Me too. Every time I read through it, you guys read through this over and over and over again. Listen to this episode over and over and over again. Share it with a friend. Why? Because chains will fall off of you as we walk through this. It's Mm. so good. Um, I'm really sorry, but I lost our spot. Did we do Ephesians 4? That's where we're at. Ephesians 4, 30 to 32. Uh, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So... Get rid of all bitterness. Why? Because bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. Mm. He is literally living. And so this is this is what happens, you guys. If I could paint a picture for you guys. Okay, so you're carrying, we've already talked about the weight of bitterness and anger, right? Like how we have already said, yeah, we can feel that when we carry that. The re, like the heaviness that you're carrying is because the Holy Spirit's living inside of you. And you're carrying cargo around with you that he doesn't want. 
He wants you to release that and let go. So you've got your flesh carrying the cargo that's from the flesh and you've Mm. got the Holy Spirit and they're in friction. And that's the heaviness that you feel is you're you're grieving him. Mm. I'm grieving him when I carry that. He's he's upset. Mm. He's saddened. His heart is just grieved because he never asked us to carry that. Mm. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. That's the last person on earth that I would want to grieve. And if I grieve the Holy Spirit, then I'm probably going to honestly grieve other people in life too. Because Mm -hmm. if we can grieve him, we can certainly do it to people as well. Mm -hmm. It's unbelief. If you, if you keep picking it up, you don't believe that he took care of it or that he can take care of it. And I think, man, how many of us are guilty of just continually picking it back up? Like I know I am. You know, I, I keep picking it back up. And that's the other thing with forgiveness too. Is I went to, Asher goes to a, a, a Catholic school. And so I went to his um, Ash Wednesday mass today. And uh, the the priest was telling a story of um, this boy whose dad gave him a brand new car. And this dad had this prized rooster. He took it to all these pet shows and he like won. It was this special rooster. And the boy got was getting home late and he came flying around the corner and he hit his dad's prized rooster, right? And he said, your penance, you know, Catholic school, um, is to go bury the rooster. And so he did. And then the next morning, the little boy went and unburied it. He dug it back up and said, dad, I'm so, so sorry. He had already asked him to forgive him. And he said, I can forgive you, but what you need to do is go bury the rooster. And he brought it back and he said, dad, your rooster, I'm so, so sorry. And he said, I've already forgiven you now go bury the rooster. And he, again, the next day he unburied the rooster and brought it back to his dad. And so the, you know, the whole point was stop digging up your rooster for the the kids to remember. Right. So I feel like they'll remember that message. Like stop digging up the rooster. You're forgiven. Like you're forgiven. And in the same way, like God has taken care of it. You know, he has, he has released you from all of that. And you have to believe that he's done what he says he, he will do. Believe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, here's what he does. So we have this big, heavy chain. The Lord comes and he breaks the chain in half. So it's broken. But what we do is we continue dragging and pulling them behind us. Mm. We didn't actually leave them at the cross. Like I would ask yourself, this is a great question too. So when this stuff happens, you guys stop and ask yourself, why do I keep picking that back up? Yeah. Lord, why do I keep picking that back up? Lord, why don't I trust you? That's Mm. what it is. Lord, mm-hmm. why don't I believe you? Yeah. That's that's really just us not trusting and believing, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then that's a decision. Like the Lord can't make us believe or trust yeah. or have faith. Th- those are things that we have to have on our own. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have them, we won't walk in obedience. Right. This is so great because of the context here. I, I had a my very first ever life coach who that's when I started reading the Bible. I, want, I decided I was going to read it cover to cover. And she always was telling me to leave it at the feet of Jesus. And I was like getting irritated. I'm like, listen, sister, I can only leave it at the feet of Jesus so many times. Like I, like there was no context. It was just like, and I was like, no, I need like action steps. I need like, can you tell me? Well, like I didn't understand what it meant. You know, it's just like, okay, I left it there. It's still because it's still feeling like a problem. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I didn't leave it. I kept picking it back up. Can I just share this too? Because this might help somebody right now because you're you're saying it like that. And it's like, I don't want anybody to like feel like they're hanging. Okay, when you choose to repent 
Okay. When you choose to repent, that means you come into agreement with God that your, your anger and bitterness are a sin. Um, this does not mean that you have to restore a relationship with someone that you're choosing to forgive and let go of your anger and bitterness from. It does not mean you have to go hang out with them again. Okay. You can, what is he saying? He wants you to let go from your heart. It's the circumcision of the heart Hmm. on the inside that you've released it from your heart heart, because God knows your heart. You can see them in the store. You don't have to run from them anymore. You can whatever, but you don't have to have a restored relationship. That's okay. You can still forgive. You you should not. (laughs) Right. That's a healthy. There was probably a reason maybe you shouldn't have to begin with. You can still release it. It does not mean, and I think that's why a lot of people hold on to it because they have this expectation that's false of, I have to have a relationship again. I have Mm -hmm. to be close to them again. That's not Mm -hmm. true. If you need a healthy boundary because it's unbiblical, then you Mm -hmm. go right ahead. You can still release the things that God is showing you that are a sin. Or or I'm condoning what they did. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what keeps people so stuck is I'm condoning what they did. And and Um, that has nothing to do with it because whatever you're doing for them, that's between them and God. Yeah, exactly. You are trying to control. That's a spirit of control. When you want um, an apology or you want Mm -hmm. them to change after you choose to let go of your bitterness, angerness, and unforgiveness, it has nothing to do with that. It's Mm -hmm. literally saying, God, I have forgiven them from my heart. I've released myself, my burdens, my sin, because I'm just done with it. I come into agreement with you on that. If you don't come into agreement with God and repent, there will be no Mm -hmm. change. Right, You're going right. to keep trying to change your actions out of your flesh instead of coming into agreement in your mind saying, I take responsibility for my sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And repent simply means turn away from the sin and turn toward God, right? It's, 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 it's very, very simple, but that's, that's really all it is. Turn away from the sin. What we continue to learn here is that like, really, you guys, <laughs> It is all very simple. People are really intimidated by the word in itself, right? The Bible, but like it is what we're learning, right? It is very simple. Yeah. And, and you guys, it all starts with a thought. You know, if you keep focusing on the sin, you're going to keep sinning. If you keep calling yourself an alcoholic after you've been delivered, you're going to probably want more alcohol. <laughs> Stop claiming these things over your life. Stop saying it happened to my mom and my grandma, because now mm-hmm. you're, you're proclaiming that over yourself. So It's just the thought. If you come into agreement with God and you say, I know anger and bitterness are a sin. I don't want any part of that. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. It's your thought Mm. that changed your action. Mm. Stop trying to change the action. That's your flesh. Change Mm, your thought. Mm, And then your actions will automatically change. Yep. Yep. So bitterness deeply grieves the Holy Spirit. Now that we know that, (laughs) we can move on to Hebrews 12. 14 through 17. And this will be the last one to expose it. And then we're going to go into the, the opposite of how, how are we going to, um, uh, attack this anger and bitterness spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord see to it that no one falls short of grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. 
Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. So, <coughs> excuse me, as a root of bitterness springs up, it causes much trouble and defiles many other people. And the one thing I want to maybe point out the most is, you guys, I mean, not only is it messing with our sanctification, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's causing a stumbling block to others around us. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be judged someday. You know, Revelation 21, there's a final judgment coming, and it says, according to what we have done. Mm-hmm. And there are also certain things, you know, go read in Galatians 5. Do not do these specific things. If you do, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, this is the righteous judgment of the Lord and people are not talking about it. They are now the last couple mm-hmm. of years. They're starting to talk about it because we realize that we are a mess. The reason yeah. we're a mess is because we weren't getting the whole gospel. We were yeah. taking one line scriptures from people. We weren't seeking it ourselves. And then we walked ourselves right into deception and rebellion. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the mess that we have today. So we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And we certainly don't want to cause other Christians to stumble. And we don't want unbelievers to look at us and go, I don't need the Jesus they said they have. They don't look any different than me. Yeah. And I mean, we should be different. We should talk different. We should act different. We should act according to the commandments. The commandments are still very, very clear today. If anybody says you do not need to follow the commandments, that's a false gospel. Yeah. Um. It's just, it's that deep. And so this is good stuff. This is good stuff, you guys. This is the stuff that sets us free. Um, so the next six that we're going to go over, um, these are, some people might leave, you know, right now. This, these are going to be on forgiveness. And some people aren't going to want to hear it. Here's here's what I want to challenge you with. If you don't want to hear these scriptures, you're coddling those unclean spirits that are living mm-hmm. inside of you. If there's something inside of you saying and fighting this, the truth, because the truth is a truth. It's never less. It's never more. It's the same. It never changes. There's something fighting you inside right now. Repentance is needed. There's mm-hmm. some unclean spirit operating right now and you're manifesting it. You're upsetting it right now. Mm-hmm. because It doesn't want to leave you. It has been operating in you for far too long. It's time to get delivered from that. And it might manifest itself. So if you're offended by the truth, there's a spirit in there that needs to go. So Mm. just know that. Amen. All right, you guys, we're going to go to um, Matthew 6, 8 through 15 at first. This is going to get good. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I think we just need to meddle in that for a second. Yeah. Mic drop. <clears throat> Lord. Um, I want to talk on this for a second. We actually read this in our small group a couple weekends ago, and there were people who said, I grew up in church knowing yeah. this prayer. And I said it, I had no idea what it meant. Mm. And I don't think vor- verse 14 and 15 were a part of that when they would pray it. Okay. So he's saying, do not be like them. Here's how you should pray. So the Lord is saying, this is the prayer you should pray to me. Mm. Okay. Um, he's saying, 
as you forgive others, then you will be forgiven by the Father. Mm. If you do not forgive, you also will not be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Okay, we did um, another small group study. It was called The Bait of Satan. And there were people in there and they said, like, everybody, what if there's like one person that I just <laughs> um Scripture says everybody. Yeah. So I want to break this down because this is really good. So um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, uh, your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. So it's, it's your kingdom, God. It's your will that will be done, not ours. On earth as it is in heaven. So he's saying your will should be manifesting itself here on earth. Mm-hmm. Now, when we back up a little bit and we go back to like Ephesians 4 where, with bitterness and stuff, when we say we have these things that we're not willing to get rid of, it, we have become our own gods. Mm. We literally have made it about us and no longer about the gospel. Mm. Now it's about me. It's not about God. It's actually about me because I'm hurt. I'm this. I'm that. Now it's a self-made life. It's not about God anymore. Yeah. You see how that works? How Satan slips in and he's like, it's me, 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 me. Okay. So then we're going to go back to verse 11. It says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. So right here, we're asking the Lord to forgive our debts. And then it says it's a two-way street. As we have also forgiven our debtors. We cannot forget that part. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive yours. So right here, scripture is very clear. We will not be forgiven if there's one person that we do not forgive. Hmm. I did not say it. Scripture did. And it says it multiple times. It's not a misprint. He said what he said. He said what he said. <laughs> and this is the deception that we have Christians walking around in. That well, is like, wow. Because how many people also will say, well, you're a Christian. You're supposed to forgive. Or, well, I'm a Christian. I'm forgiven. Right. Yes. That's deception. You're forgiven if you've forgiven others. That's what the scripture says. Yeah. Um, and so again, if we're not forgiving, it's because it's become about us, not about God. We learn to forgive when we know it's all about God. This book, this gospel is about God, not about us. The minute we make things about us and our feelings and our hurts and our, the Lord needs to heal you from that, but it's not about us. It's never going to be about us. It never was. It never will be. It's always always has been and always will be about God. That's what, so in this Bible recap that I'm doing, she always is reminding us, don't look for yourself in this book, look for God. Yeah. And then or here's how you test songs. Like I know a lot of people will, like when they start um, listening to worship, when it's saying like, I love you, I never want to forget this moment, but that they're actually thinking about somebody else, right? Um, or themselves. So that's, it's just such, such an incredible pointer, I guess. (laughs) Like, I mean, we really have to look at this from a perspective of, is this what God asked me to do? Or is this what I want to do? Anytime we're walking into something that we want it, what God never spoke it to us. 
And the dangers of that is, you know, forgiveness for one, bitterness, anger. I mean, it's, it's not, it's a two-way street. And that's one of the biggest things that we have people walking around crippled in the spirit and in the flesh because of their own sin, their own bitterness, their own unforgiveness. Well, I'm justified. We already talked about that at the beginning of this episode. We're not justified though, because now it's about us if we're justified. Yeah. It's actually about the Lord. And how cool you you just pointed out too, and we've said this in the um, previous episodes too, of it's not just about one verse, it's the before and the after. So, right. We said that verse all every single Sunday and every holiday and whatever, but you never heard that part where, where this is what he's commanding you to pray. And that's what I'm saying. The commandments are still today. He, people will say commandments are works. That's a whole nother episode. We'll go there someday too. Commandments are not work. You're saved by faith, but faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Your faith produces the commandments to be followed. And if they are not, is your faith real? Or are you faithless? Because it also talks about being faithless in Revelation. And those who are faithless will not make it into heaven. So again, this is the whole gospel, you guys. This is this is not a secret. People are so shocked when I read this stuff to them. And I remind them, you have the same book as me. <laughs> yeah. It's not a secret. Yeah. You have the same thing. Why are you not reading it? This so <laughs> I've been in Leviticus is where I'm at and it's all laws, right? It's God's laws for clean and unclean sacrifice, all of these things. And one of the things she addressed the other day was like, how do we discern what still applies today? And it was, there are three basic types of laws. Um, Civil laws deal with society's behaviors and punishments, ceremonial laws, which deal with being clean and unclean and making sacrifices. And then moral laws where God declares what is right and wrong, like the 10 commandments and all the civil laws specifically applied to the Israelites in their society. So they don't apply the same to us today. The ceremonial laws, um, they were fulfilled in Christ, right? So those no longer apply. He was the final incomplete sacrifice. We're not sacrificing animals to cover our sins. But all of the moral laws, the Ten Commandments, that all still applies today because they reflect God's character. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, is that in, um, did you say it's in Leviticus, right? Yes, we were in Leviticus. I can't even tell you where because yeah, I'm... So uh, you go to Leviticus, I think it's like 20 or something like that. You go to Leviticus, study the Ten Commandments. There are commandments people are not following today, and they're actually mm-hmm. still very re- relevant. If you want to know more about the moral, go to Galatians 5 and Revelation 21. Those are going to tell you the exact laws that will not get you into the book of life. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. we need to know is in this book. Um, and so those are those impure things, you know, sexual immorality, um, anger, um, murder, you know, and we'll go into that. We'll go into that as well later on. Cause there's a few different aspects of murder as well. It's any innocent bloodshed. We're just going to put it right there for now. So, um, you know, so I have to say, I have to ask this question. So is what we're saying that you have to, so everyone says all you have to do to get into heaven. The only thing you have to do is believe that Jesus died to save you from your sins. Okay. I want to touch on that for a second since you brought it up. Let's say someone's on their deathbed. Okay. They have never received Christ before. And someone's standing there with them on their deathbed 
they're going to go through the sinner's prayer. They're going to go through salvation in that moment. So between that moment that they get saved, there's no time for salvation or repentance. mm -hmm. They -hmm. repent and they're saved and then they pass away. They had a very short time to be sanctified, to be purified. Now, if somebody says I'm saved just to get to heaven, that's a salvation God. That's not a Lord and salvation God. So when you are saved, you follow the Lord, you seek the Lord, you follow his commandments. That is, it's uh, it's in James. I think it's in James 1, James 1 or James 2. Faith without works is dead. If your faith is not producing you to seek the Lord and know the Lord and follow his commandments, then you do not have faith. That was a fake salvation. Hmm. Yeah. Do you want to know why? It says, it's in Matthew, you guys. It's Matthew, I believe it's 7, 13, and 14. Let me just read this really quick because this is, this is where people are playing around right now and it's not time to play around. This is what it says. I have people, I'm just even going to say in my family, they're not saved, but they believe people go to heaven that are not saved somehow, some mm. way. Well, they're in heaven now. Really? Because, <laughs> huh. Okay. Don't think that's how that works. <laughs> but here's, here's where it gets good, you guys. This is the truth about heaven and I'm going to read it because most people don't even read this. Um, And this is talking to Christians. This is talking to people who are just using God for salvation to get to heaven, but have nothing to do with them for 40, 50 years while they're here on earth. But I'm going to get to heaven and then my relationship with God's going to start. Absolutely not. That's false. This is why I think this is what the verse is saying. This is speaking to Christians. So Matthew 7, 13, 14, enter by the narrow gate. What gate do you think is narrow? Mm. Heaven. Mm-hmm. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, hell, and those who enter by it are many. Mm-hmm. Talking about hell. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to eternal life, and those who find it are few. Why do you think that is? It's because we are not following God's commandments. That will not get us into heaven. Period. There are scriptures that say, If you do these things, you will not see the kingdom of God and you do not repent. Repentance is needed now today because when the final judgment comes, you can't repent. It's too late. Mm. The gate is wide to hell. Many will find it. It's easy to get there. The gate is narrow to heaven and few will find it. Why do you think it says that? Because we got Christians who are using God for salvation to get to heaven, but are not truly making him the Lord of their life. So if you're leading a godless life and you are your own God, you might want to question that because the gate to hell is wide. And I believe that's why it's saying that to Christians. Few will find the gate to heaven. My commandments, you love the Lord your God if you follow my commandments, if you know me, if you love me. Those are the requirements to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. It says it in scripture. I'm literally imagining in my head, this is so inappropriate, but God, like with like the words mess around and find out, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, That's what I said. <laughs> didn't we say that back in freedom? You know, it said, uh, said, he said, I said what I said. I don't need to yeah. say it again. So right here, this needs repentance. This is Galatians 520. I'm sorry, 519. 
the works of the flesh. So if you say you're saved and you're just using God for salvation, but you're operating in these things, I'm going to read them right now. Galatians 5.19. This needs repentance right now. Okay. Mm. The flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. We already talked about that. Anything outside of man and woman in marriage. Impurity. Sensuality. Idolatry. Sorcery. That's witchcraft. White, Mm -hmm. black magic. Sorcery. uh, Mediums. Psychics. Tarot cards. Enmity. Strife. Jealousy. Fits of anger. Rivalries. Dissensions. Divisions. Envy. Drunkenness. Mm orgies and things like these, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it says it again in Revelation 21, says the same thing. It also says the cowardly. Are you cowardly in your faith? Some people say, I believe in God, but I just don't share it. I just keep it to myself because I just don't know. Mm -hmm. Is that how Jesus modeled his faith? Religion and politics, right? We don't talk about it. Oh, we know we do. (laughs) That's all we talk about. (laughs) I mean, this isn't playing around. It says the same thing there. So again, you guys, like, I don't know how much clearer scripture can get. So again, if if you're participating in those things, just repent now. Yeah. And if you're feeling, if you're feeling a conviction, it, it, like Nikki, you keep saying, um, the devil condemns. This is not condemnation you're feeling. This is a conviction in your heart to, to repent and turn toward God, right? Turn away from the sin, turn toward God. It, if you know you're doing it, you have to repent of it, right? There are sure there's always going to be things we don't even realize that we're doing, but we're going to be convicted about those things as we go, right? Like work on what you can see right now. Like what am I doing? And ask God to show you what where am I falling short, Lord? Where are my sins? You know, where am I not repenting from my sins? Like Nikki, I love that you say that. Like wherever there's an open door, wherever there's, you know, something that I need to die to show it to me. Yeah. Um, and that can be a scary prayer. There are definitely scary prayers, you know, but it's just, it's just so important. It, it's obviously it's, it's, you have to do it. Like it's, it's your, it's your eternity. I was yeah, thinking about the persecution. Rather like rather than trying to hide it or pretend like you don't know it. And, you know, yeah. maybe even at some point we need to get a little bit deeper, even about what conviction means, because I, I still hear a lot of people, um, you know, whether or not they're brand new in their faith walk or whether they're just afraid to really, I don't even know if it's admit or, you know, you hear all the people that like, oh, the universe, the universe, like, no, man, that's God. (laughs) That's conviction. You know, like if you know these things and you think it's up there in the universe, like that is God. Yeah. Amen. And um, yes, conviction. So here's the deal. No one should feel condemned that's listening to this because we're not speaking to any one person right now. We're speaking right. to the sin. The sin is the unclean spirit. Yeah. So you can't feel condemned. We're not even speaking to anyone directly on here, right? Right. So if you feel condemnation, remember that condemnation comes from the enemy. He makes you feel shame and guilt. That's condemnation. The Holy Spirit wrecks you and he goes, you get almost like a flutter in your heart. Like, oh boy. I just read that the truth about that and I'm doing that. Yeah. Oh boy, Lord, help me. Like, I didn't know that. Now I know that Lord, I want to get right with you. That's the difference. Condemnation comes from the devil. Conviction comes from the Holy spirit. And listen, without conviction, you won't be guided into holiness, purity, and righteousness. So Mm -hmm. you have to have conviction. It's a holy conviction for our protection. It's not to hurt us. 
Yeah. Right. Right. And the reason we have that conviction is because we are being hurt by our sin. So the reason these commandments are in here, it's because they're to keep us holy. They're to keep us pure. They're to keep us righteous. They're to reflect Jesus. Because when we walk outside of them, we don't, we're not doing any of those things. Or right. we've become our own God and we're reflecting some gods of creation. And we're worshiping them. Right. And so... That's a big deal. But yeah, I mean, you guys, this is good. So Matthew, um, Matthew 6, 8 through 15, read that whole thing. You know, it's like, it's literally, if you want to be forgiven, you have to learn to forgive others. And I will tell you, once you uh, walk through your anger and bitterness, release that, then you'll probably be able to forgive. Um, but you can't really forgive usually if you still have anger and bitterness. So you need to work with the Lord on that specifically. Um, I, I think, I think we hit on that one really good. We did. <laughs> Check. <laughs> okay. So um, Matthew 18, 21 through 35 is next. Okay. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But then the servant went out. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant. He said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Yeah. Another mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So here's the truth about this in a nutshell. We will never be able to forgive anyone for as much as we ourselves need to be forgiven. So if we think that we are so holy and pure and righteous that we don't need forgiveness any longer, we're deceived. And The truth is, is that, you know, that man, he was forgiven, like basically in our terms today, millions of dollars because he's like, I can't afford to pay that back. And he's like, okay, you're forgiven. And then he goes out the very same guy that was forgiven. This is like a picture of Jesus. He's already forgiven the guy. And then he goes out, finds a guy that owes him a hundred bucks and says, you owe me and I'm going to condemn you for it. And then the Lord and then the master is like, nope, you're done you're going back to prison. Like, no, after all that you've been forgiven for, you're going to hold that one grudge of, of, and it doesn't matter if it's little or big. He's just saying, if someone continues to sin. Now, here's the other thing. We talked about this earlier. Don't keep putting yourself in positions where people are treating you wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. You should not be equally yoked to people who are not walking holy, pure, and righteous because first Corinthians 15, 33 says bad company corrupts good morals. Do not be deceived about friendships. So you are supposed to forgive. If you keep putting yourself in a position where you have to forgive somebody 77 times, like it says here, mm. 
don't keep putting yourself in that position. Forgive them and then put up a healthy boundary so you don't have to forgive yeah. them 77 times. Yeah. Um, That's also the definition of unequally yoked. <laughs> like, right. right there in itself. Yeah. But he's saying, but if you do, you are to forgive them 77, not seven. So again, you know, and somebody, here's the other thing. Somebody is coming to you asking for forgiveness that many times. They're not just saying, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. They're, they're asking for forgiveness and you're supposed to give them forgiveness, uh, give them forgiveness. But again, like I said, I don't think that you should put yourself in that position. If somebody needs forgiveness that, that much, then I think that that's probably an unequally yoked relationship. That's a bad friendship that you probably shouldn't be having anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that that's as many times as we're called to forgive, just in case anybody's wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, We're going to go to Acts 7, 54 through 60. This one is one of my favorite stories. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of their killing him. Oh my gosh, this was uh, what I read today in Reborn. Like, what is happening? Like, this is the exact story that ended the book that I finished today. All right. So you guys, okay, this is Steven. All right. Okay. I always like to put myself, you guys, as the character in the story, mm-hmm. right? Like if I'm in, if I'm the Israelites in the wilderness or if I'm Steven, like I, I like to picture myself in there because I, I go, okay, this is what the Lord wants. So Stephen, he's being murdered. He's being stoned to death because he's filled with the Holy Spirit and people don't like it. And he's literally asking the Lord to forgive the people who are murdering him while he's being murdered. Just like Jesus did. If somebody was murdering us and we were being tortured, are we at a point where we could literally lay there being stoned to death and pray to God that our murderers could be forgiven. This is what the Lord is calling us to do. I mean, we're supposed to be in this position. So if we're not there, we have work to do. And not only that, you guys, but who was watching this? Do you remember Saul? Saul persecuted Christians. Saul was watching him ask God for forgiveness for the people who were stoning him. Do you know that Saul was renamed Paul in the New oh. Testament? He wrote 13 books of the New Testament. Yep. He was persecuting Christians back then. And God used Stephen's faith to touch Saul. What if Stephen had been cursing them as he would have been being murdered? He would have never affected Saul, who was persecuting Christians, who eventually the Holy Spirit got a hold of. And then he wrote you know, 13 books in the New Testament. Some of them. That's the little zoom out that I'm talking about, right? The little zoom out. If you just zoom out a little bit, you see why God would allow that to happen. You see that God allowed, yeah, him to be stoned so that he could redeem Saul and turn him and rename him Paul. He could be reborn and go do all of this work to glorify God. Whoa. 
what? I mean, you guys, this is so good. So again, okay. So this is another um, example. Stefan knew his life wasn't about him in that moment when he was being murdered. He knew it was all about God. So while he's being murdered, he's giving glory to God and he's asking those who are murdering him for forgiveness. Saul, or um, not Saul, Stefan, he knew it wasn't about him. How many people do you think would say, woe is me while I'm being murdered to death because I love the Lord? Woe is me. How many people do you think? A lot. Yeah. And those who are weak in the faith, those who are cowards. I mean, if we were to be martyred right now and somebody were to fling our door open and would we be willing to be martyred for my faith? I would be. I'm ready to have my head chopped off for my faith. I'm not, I'm not going to be a coward. I'm not walking faithless. I'm walking for the Lord on purpose for a purpose because we are purpose for the Lord, not for myself. Literally, you guys, I don't know what happens, but when you die to your flesh, there are things I used to desire and I wanted that were things I wanted. I no Mm -hmm. longer want really anything. I, I I don't even know what's happened. There's nothing (laughs) I desire but the Lord anymore. I could care less about anything else in this world. That's the power of God. Yeah. And then you read these stories and your faith is just increased and you go, okay, God, I want to be like Stefan. Somebody comes and murders me tomorrow. I'm going to be like Stefan. But instead we have this worldly culture worrying about their lives mm-hmm. and what they have going on and who's doing what to them. And the, the unfairness of it all, the victim, the victim. It's, victim. Yeah. it's not, it's not even about God anymore. Yeah. That's why we have the problems we have today. Well, and think about like miracles that happen, right? Or like when we we talked about this before, like, oh, I couldn't even imagine if my child died or, you know, there was cancer diagnosis or this and that. And when you see these people of faith, just be so full of faith in those moments. And then the miracle happens, you know, like people that are, are that like when you're living in Christ and you've given up all of the other things and, you know, and it is wild. And, you know, for me, first it was alcohol. Now it's sex. Like, you know, things that I would have never imagined giving up, you know what I mean? And people don't understand it. Christian friends of mine that are pretty deep in their faith, they don't understand it. Literally saying to me the things like, yeah, but you're in your forties. Yeah. But you've both been married. Like, that's not what the book says. And I would question, I would test the fruit. What kind of fruit do they have? I mean, are they in the Bible? Right. I mean, I don't, I don't question that anymore. If people tell me they're deep in their faith, I look at the fruit. You don't need to tell me how deep you are. I'll look at your fruit and what you have coming out of your mouth and your actions. Yeah. That's what we're called to do. We're supposed to discern and test the fruit. And that's Mm -hmm. why if you think about words today, you guys, words have a meaning about this big. Absolutely. Why yeah. nobody mm-hmm. sticks to anything anymore. Yeah. Even words without, of the Bible. Without works, it's dead. Right. So again, it's like, mm, I'm not so sure about that because I don't see it. And again, I'm not going to judge it. But if you come to me and you have a problem and I know you're a Christian, you better believe I'm bringing this thing to the meeting. Yeah. That's the only way we can attack this stuff. I'm not going to attack you. But if you come to me with a problem, I'm going to ask you what the problem is. I'm going to ask you some questions and then we're going to hit scripture right off the bat because I can't help you in my own opinions. Yeah. I can't help you. I, I, I got nothing, but I got the word. <laughs> it's just like, uh, who was it? Paul and um, I forget. They were going to the, the, the temple, I think. And the guy outside, he was like begging for money. And they're like, we don't have any money, 
but we got the word of God and we'll share that with you. That's what we do have. And guess what? That's what we have to share. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Amen. Um, okay. So, so Saul was overseeing the stoning and he was the recipient of the forgiving grace that Stefan had. So uh, we got three more scriptures to go through. So the next one is second Corinthians two, 10 through 11. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not aware of his schemes. Mm. Yeah, so just in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, unforgiveness is Satan's playground. So if you're playing with unforgiveness, you're playing with the devil. Mm. You're partnering with the devil. It is not from God and God does not want us to have that. So just know that if that's a part of your life right now, make a list not to keep track and remember the things that people, what people have done to you, but to truly look at it and come into agreement with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let this one go. I'm going to give them yeah. to you. I'm going to yeah. let you deal with this. Yeah. And I, t- I swear you're going to feel this weight just lift off of you when you walk through that repentance. Um, this is why people never get free too, Christian. So Kristen, Christian, 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 <laughs> you said so-and-so had all this bitterness and this anger because she was not willing to let go of that. She never got set free. Yeah. So this is our life. You guys, when we're not willing to let go of our unclean spirits, we'll never get set free. Mm-hmm. And some of them have, um, eternal consequences on top of it. So that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it is. Um, all right. So the next one is Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. I think we were there, but this is a different meaning. We're going to pull from it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Hmm. Um, so again, we touched on that earlier. Bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. We know that. Um, forgiveness, this one is targeting forgiveness. Forgiveness is essential to the Christian unity and fellowship with God. So um, if you don't forgive and you have bitterness and anger, you've actually put a wedge in between you and the Father. And you can't get close enough to Him with that wedge in there. Mm-hmm. So we can remove that wedge by repentance. A lot of people say, how do I do it? How do I do it? Repentance. Yeah. Coming into agreement with God that your sin is your sin. Repenting it, speaking it out of your mouth, agreeing with him. And that's how that's how you're set free. Yeah. Um, so the last scripture is Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we're not to, when we have bitterness, anger, and forgiveness, it's because what? We're looking to the past. Yeah. God is not a God of the past. He says, yeah. strive forward for what's ahead. And so another part of this is, again, if you guys don't have anybody on your list, praise God for that. Yeah. But ask yourself, a, a lot of people even have just themselves and they forget themselves. So if you're, if you yourself, me. Not yourself <laughs> please put that on the list because you are, 
you know, you're just as valuable to forgive as you're the most valuable. Yeah. Right. The most valuable. Yep. Yep. And here's the thing, you know, the commandments are a lot of people say, love your neighbor as yourself, but they forget the first one. It's love your God first and foremost so that you can love yourself the way he loves you. And Mm -hmm. then you can love others the way that God loves them. Yeah. And so if you're on the list, make sure you put that down on your list. This is the, this is the list that you're going to take directly to the Lord. You're going to get with the Lord on this. You're going to take him your list. You're going to say, Lord, what do you want me to know about this? My unforgiveness, my anger, my bitterness. What do you want me to do with it? And he's going to ask you to repent and come into agreement with him. I love that it said heavenward. It's like not looking in the rearview mirror because you're not going that way. You're looking heavenward. I love that. Like, that's so cool. Like, what a cool way to think of it. Because looking toward heaven. It's like so far ahead. It's, and think about us being born again. Our, Our old life can't go with us to heaven. Yeah. He can't even look at our old life. It's so bad. He doesn't even look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the born again faith without works is dead. So if you have faith and being saved, but you don't have any works, that's a false faith. Wow. That's a false faith. And that is why the gate is narrow to heaven and the, the gate, gate is wide, wide to, hell. to hell. I mean, this is not, this is not stuff we want to play around with. And again, we don't do these things out of fear. We do it out of fear of the Lord. Okay. We've lost the fear of the Lord in our culture today. Unfortunately, um, and we fear, fear of the fear of the Lord. It doesn't mean you're scared. It means all oh. in reverence for, right? Yeah, it's yep. not fear as in, Oh, right. I'm so afraid of him. It's I, you have an awe and a reverence for how yes. big and you know, how big your God is. Yeah. Amen. I and think people get scary. that word confuses them like, Oh, he's big and scary. And this is like a terrifying thing. And, um, you know, we're all going to work. I think don't get stuck on thinking like, oh, well, I can't be perfect. Like all these things that they said, I'm not going to be able to do it all. I can't be perfect. So I guess I might as well just like, he's not looking for perfection. He knows we're all going to fall short. Only Jesus is, was perfect. Like no, there's no perfect human. Um, so it's just, that's the whole thing. Like it's a lifetime journey of conviction and repentance and constantly being in the word and doing, knowing better and doing better. Right. When you know better, you do better. And so just continuing to learn and, um, recognize these things. I think that's just the whole thing is you can recognize them so that you can do something about it. And I think we talked about this. That's really good. I think we talked about this on the freedom in Christ episode as well, but this is the reason I always tell people it's dangerous not to be in your word Mm. because here's the deal. If you're just getting scripture from Sunday service, you could not get the whole Bible from that. Yeah. So even if your pastor is incredible and he's very biblically sound and that's, he's sharing truth with you, there's no way he could possibly ever share the whole truth with you. And just some of the scriptures we read today, I mean, my jaw fell on the floor the first few times I read those scriptures in correlation to anger and bitterness. Yeah. I thought, wow, will not enter the kingdom. Wow. Everyone have to forgive. Yeah. Wow. The gate to heaven is narrow. The gate to hell is what? I mean, this stuff's all in scripture, but had I not been seeking it, no one would ever told me that. Mm-hmm. So that's a dangerous place because I only knew the bits and pieces that people were telling me. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the question that I asked the, the, so wait, what you're saying is that you do have to do more than just believe. And cause I think that's like, I mean, I think that is a message that's getting sold 
over and over and over and over again. And you're saying that's a false faith that does not get you there. Um, I think a lot of people, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people will be surprised by that. Like, Oh gosh, I've been told it's this simple. I say this prayer, close my eyes, close your eyes, bow your head, say this prayer, saved heaven. Mm. Right. It's not. No, it's not. And there's actually some, I just shared a video a little bit ago too, that somebody was just preaching on that from revelation three. And she said, he's speaking directly to the churches back then. He's directly speaking to the churches today. And it's that false faith. Mm -hmm. It's that false faith. And that's the reason the gate's narrow. That's the reason the gate is wide. And, and guys, we just, it's not a secret. This is the Lord does not hold anything secret from us. If we seek him, see, we're not getting what we need because we're seeking the world and the things mm-hmm. of the world and, and money and climbing the ladder and success yeah. and all of the sports, all this other stuff, so much so that we don't even have time for the righteous things that are going to affect our life now. Cause here's what it is, what we do now. So like I mentioned earlier, if somebody gets saved on their deathbed, they don't have time to live a lifestyle. Right. If we get saved, we have from that point on, to live a holy lifestyle with the Lord being the Lord of our life, not just the savior of our life until the day we die. And if we don't, then that is a false salvation. That's a false faith. And that's a false gospel. And that's the dangers of not being in your Bible. That's what I'm telling people. When people, when people tell that they're like, well, I think I get enough. I just get a little devotional here or there. I just, I go to church and I'm like, oh man, who else goes to church? The devil. The devil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's just it. He doesn't care if you're not with the devil anymore. So I'm going to read a prayer of repentance. This is basic. Um, we, you know, we're working on more of these as well. Cause I always say this when in doubt, cast it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I read repentance prayers, even if I don't know if something's there. Yeah. Why? Because the power of speaking it out of my mouth breaks the chains and the authority and the permission that I've given the devil in my life. If so, mm-hmm. this is how you close doors in your life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this prayer of repentance and then I can send it to you too, Kristen. So you can share it in the, the show notes. Um, okay. I know I didn't get to that yet, but um, I might come up with a better one okay. <laughs> before, before long. Uh, so we're just going to pray that now, unless you guys wanted to add anything in before we do that. No, I've, this has been incredible. This is so much for people to absorb. I feel like you're going to have to listen to it more than once to get it. Um, but but no, no, this is incredible. Let's definitely pray us out. Yeah. Okay. So Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We confess that we are guilty of the sin of bitterness, anger, and unforgiveness in our hearts. Father, your word says that I am to see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it, many are defiled. I make the decision today, Lord, to obey this word and forgive all who have offended me, hurt me, angered me, and rejected me. I refuse to hold on to this root of bitterness any longer. And I uproot it now from my soul and cast it away from my life in the name of Jesus. I release everyone from the mental prison of unforgiveness, and I release all offenses to you, Father, and ask that you cast them behind your back and lay them not to their charge. I pray now for the release of the kingdom of God into their lives to bring them to you into salvation. 
I plead the blood of Jesus over the sin of bitterness and let it be dissolved in Jesus name. I now come out of the agreement with the spirit of bitterness and I refuse to walk with you any longer. Spirit of bitterness and anger, you are cast out today and thrown into the abyss, never to return in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for forgiving us, for setting us free from the pit and cage of bitterness. We choose life in you all of the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Nikki, that was amazing. So good. So good. Lives are going to be changed. I'm just, I'm just so grateful and so excited. Um, can, can you I remind, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Steph needs an app. Um, can you remind people, I know you're going to give people another place where they can find you, which is exciting. Yeah. So just so you guys know, um, I'll usually go live and I just teach this stuff over and over on TikTok. So my TikTok name is building up believers, same thing on Instagram. Um, but I'll go live with this information. And we also do have a Facebook community. Um, it's called healing and restoration group. And you can find that in the link in my bio on TikTok or on Instagram. Um, and we've pre-recorded all these modules on video as well. And we have the scriptures pulled up. So I know there's a lot of people who don't have Bibles yet who need to get Bibles. Mm-hmm. We have that on video as well. So you can go check out these modules. This, um, actually at this time we have all of them pre-recorded so you can find them in the guide section and, um, just get connected with us there. We have repentance prayers. Uh, we have prayer request tiles and we teach you to pray repentance prayers. So when you ask for prayer, we're going to teach you how to pray a repentance prayer because you have to come into agreement with the Lord on your own personal prayers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's just where God's been leading us. So yeah, I would say Facebook community and, and, um, TikTok for sure. Love it. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for telling me. One more thing. So the workbooks. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes. So a lot of people have asked about these workbooks and they're now available. So you guys can get a workbook by texting. I'm going to share a phone number. Maybe you can share this too in the show notes, Kristen, but um, you just text the word workbook to 641-583-6985. And that's just my phone. And I'll grab your name your address for shipping and your PayPal information. And I can get you one of these workbooks uh, shipped out. There's a lot of other great information in there besides the strongholds as well. Thank you. Awesome. Also call to action, get a Bible so you can do all of this. If you guys need a Bible, we'll send you a Bible. Um, Let us know, reach out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good. Here, man. Um, and I just always recommend too, if people are new, cause there's even 30 year Christians who come and ask, where do I start? I personally recommend the NLT to get started. Yeah. If, if you read it though, and you're not grabbing it, there's other options, but grab an NLT. I did link one just randomly in my bio too. I just grabbed one off of christianbookstore.com. It's less than 15 bucks. There's the red writing in it. So, you know, when God is speaking directly, yeah. um, start there. And again, pray for spiritual eyes, pray for spiritual ears and a heart that's postured toward receiving the truth. And he'll give you revelation and knowledge. Love it. All right, girl. Thank you so much, guys. Tune back in next month, April 1st. We'll we'll have the next stronghold with Nikki. So thank you guys so much. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Thanks, guys. Okay, that's a wrap on another episode of Activate. Stay up to date by following Steph underscore view and Kristen Lee Ballard on Instagram. 
Please share this episode and rate and review us today on iTunes. Thanks for being here. We love y'all. Later.